so what I was hoping, Levi, when I said, because mm-hmm. it's my turn to pick. It was my turn to pick, and I picked The Brood. You did. I, I went back and listened to our New Year's episode. Okay. And I heard you mention did The I Brood. Mention, did I mention yeah. it then? Okay. Mm-hmm. So I thought it would be great. Also, Mother's Day was like two days ago. <laughs> we should have done this for a Mother's Day I episode. actually watched it on Mother's Day. This is one of the films that we, we didn't get to watch together, unfortunately. No, because I, we're very busy people. We are. Uh, I mean, you were busy in Hot Springs? Yes. At, at the premiere of a film. Oh, that no, that made. was in Little Rock. That Little Rock, Little excuse Rock. me, excuse yeah, me. Yeah. But you were at the premiere of a film that you made, so... Right. Yeah, we premiered our film, Madness Within, last weekend in Little Rock at the Made in Arkansas Film Festival. We're going to do some more festivals. Not all of them will be in Arkansas, I think we only have like two or three more in Arkansas, and then we're going to stretch. We're going to really stretch our limbs. And Levi, we have see, a viewer. We have a viewer. Oh my God, we're we're live streaming this on Twitch. I'm just saying this for the recording. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's an experiment. I hope Twitch can hear us because you're not getting the benefit of our fancy mics. But but we have we have one viewer. Right. I was going to mention that we are live streaming our episodes now. The only issue is we can't figure out how to save them to our account. We will be changing our account I mean, name. I, I'm sorry. I just want to be clear. Levi can't figure out how to save the tour. <laughs> right, right. I can't. It's Look, been my problem. I work in tech. I don't want my clients thinking that I, you know, I can't. Well, that's I can't why do I don't things. want to bother I can't, you. With I it. can't do things. But I don't want to bother you with it. It will bother me because okay. you know how I feel about some of the. Never mind. Yeah. We, I don't need to talk about that. Well, last last episode we discussed a French film, and the, and the French in general. And the French in general. This week... We tried to sort out their problems, but we did not have enough time. No, no. This episode, uh, we are going to... Episode 63 of Will Adjusted Horror. We're going to discuss, not far from the French, a Canadian film. A French-Canadian film. That is true. There's a lot of French influence on Canada. That's right. Which probably explains what's gone so wrong in that country. But but we thought they were happy. But we thought they were better. They have health care there. They do have health care. Universal. And we have to give them that. Yeah, we do. Because that's something that, you know, that's a problem that's been too hard for us to solve. Mm-hmm. Uh, my partner thinks their prime minister is handsome. They have that going for them. Doesn't everybody think their prime minister is handsome? Yeah. Even the people who don't like him. That's true. That's true. Let me tell you something about mm-hmm. the Canadian prime minister. The Canadian prime minister is never going to wake up and find himself in the situation that the protagonist in this movie that we're talking about finds himself. Well, I would argue that most men are not going to find themselves oh, in a situation I, quite I, like I this. Know, but I don't know I, about that. I know of one case where I am wrong already. So we're, of course, discussing The Brood. The Brood, uh, which I picked. From David Cronenberg. Yes. Yeah. And I wanted, to, I wanted to say that I, I picked this for two reasons. Number one, because mm-hmm. it's a fantastic movie. It as, really as you is. Had, yeah. had you seen well, it before at all? Spoiler alert. Yes, I have okay. seen this. This is like my third time to watch okay. this. So it's a fantastic movie. But number two, also, I thought... Because, you know, I have a lot of kids. Yeah. And you and me have talked about the reasons why you feel that you don't want kids. Right. And I thought, if there's one movie that would change Levi's mind about having children. <laughs> it was going to be The Brood. <laughs> the Brood! Wow. It sure as hell didn't, though. That's the thing. Really? I, I want to start off by saying this film could have been way worse in the hands of someone else. But... And well, I be- well, sure. But before we... I mean, I'm just, so what... What specifically about this movie didn't didn't encourage you to to have offspring? Well, maybe your your ch- your children will become like an outside expression of 
your darkness and your problems. Isn't and, that what every parent hopes for? And murder people? No, I don't want that. Don't you want to raise, like, you want to raise, like, a vehicle for your own, for a lifetime of, of, of slights and wrongs? No. And unexpressed rage? No. And just general insecurity? No, I don't. And I'm not bashing anyone that wants children. But I get that part of the allure of it is you get to have a little you running around. See, though, I don't think that's true. I mean, I know mm-hmm. people say that, right? Yeah. I, th- I, You know, I'm ignorant. I don't have children, so... But yeah. for me, and one of the reasons I like this movie is because you really get to meditate on, some, on both like the greater and lesser aspects of, of being a parent mm-hmm. in, in some ways. But actually, I think one of, one of the most distressing feelings as a parent is when you see yourself in your kids. Yeah. And maybe it's just, and that, that might just be the way that my mind works, but I never notice, I never see myself when they're doing something good. Yeah. When they when they succeed or excel at something or learn something, I, I marvel at that. And I'm like, there's this whole new person who can do things that I can't do. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. It's when I see myself is when they're when they're like making a mistake I've made a thousand times. Right. Well maybe maybe you shouldn't maybe you should I don't know, maybe that's some insight on on how low you think of yourself. <laughs> 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 Which I don't I, I I'm well, not you know, a, you know. We know what I need. Is I'm not a psychoplasmic. Clearly, doctor. I need psychoplasmics. Yeah, yeah. I mean, to I'm, rid me of my self hatred. I should have taken psychoplasmics at UCA via little theater dwarf rage machines that spawn from my own skin. Right. The the little people. Because that's what yeah, happens. yeah yeah. And we'll get into that. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Has has, uh, has has Cheryl? Has your partner seen this movie? I don't think so. Okay. I don't think so. That, she was glancing that, over that, while I was watching. This it. could convince her to maybe want to have babies. I don't. I don't think that would work either. I don't. I don't think that would work. Well, but I'm gonna keep working on you because you can. You can try. It's just. It's just easy. It's like, about to be too late though, and that's what I'm excited about. But then Robert De Niro just had a had a, a kid at oh, yeah, 78. For men, it's not too late for men. 78 years old and he had a kid. Speaking Another of sexism, one. I mean, we know, but biology is inherently sexist, as we know. It's which not. is which is why so it's many not. some some men have some men have to have help no getting no I mean it's it's sexist in the in, just in the fact that it's unfair in the fact yeah. that a man can have children until pretty much up until the moment he dies yeah but that's, he can that's saying children. he can get it up Jonathan well sure sure and that's difficult for some people to do without help but especially but, at that age oh sure but and I'm not saying that like. I'm not saying it's guaranteed that a guy can father children when he's in his 70s, but it's much more likely for him than it is for a woman in her 70s. Yeah, it is. It's just yeah. biology, yeah. right? It's unfair. Yeah. That is unfair. This is our first Cronenberg film. I find that shocking. And I blame you. I do too. Because you're, you're supposed to be the one planning our list. We're taking our time. We didn't, I didn't want to hit all the important notes on the first 10 episodes and well, then just I can have appreciate B-movie that. shit that I you guess. watch for the rest of the, the podcast. You know, I take that personally. I know you do. Because some of our most downloaded episodes have been my shitty movies. I know, I know. But also our least downloaded episode is one of your shitty movies too. So, But that is not my fault. And listen, ladies and gentlemen, please stop what you're doing right now. Don't listen to this anymore. Go to our archives and, and pull up the episode that is titled Sewer Moist, because it is about one of the best movies you will ever watch in your life. It's got Daniel Stern. We've talked about it on the it's podcast got, so many fucking times. It's dude. got so many great actors. John Hurd 
It's we, got. We know you love. It's it. got so many great actors in it. It's got. It's got a. a oh, I'm sorry, Levi. Was it a samurai sword or a katana? Because you were correcting me on that. Earlier. Well, I believe it was a katana, John. <laughs> what? Explain the difference to. No, actually, what, don't. What? Nerd. But anyway, sewer moist. It's about one of the. It's a great American movie about New York City. God damn! Here we go again. And radiation. We could have done. We could and have homeless done homeless people. There's tons of other Cronenberg films we could have done, but I I felt that this really fit the bill for Mother's Day, and seeing as your father as well, that was times five. Can times you believe five. that? You have you have a brood. I you do. have a brood. I do. Murdered anyone with a snow globe that you, I that I know of? No, no. What a great murder. This film, of course, is starring Oliver Reed as Doctor Raglan. We will get into his life story deeply later i don't want to make this about him but we will talk about oliver reed because he is such a legendary figure in filmmaking he's disturbing throughout this entire movie he's amazing and and it Even, reminds me of the devil he he's he's in the devils where he plays this like rasputin like uh, monk and he's awesome oh man i could see him pulling that off samantha egger is nola which is also a really good performance it's manic it's nuts the the she finale is, is crazy so unlikable yeah i think there's a point to that though, i'm sure you no, know? of course of course uh, but yeah she really pulls off art hindle as frank the loving and caring father and husband to nola estranged what, what else was maybe. he in I didn't look that up. Because he's great in this. He and is his good face in it. looked sort of familiar to he me. He is good. You want to look it up? But I couldn't place yeah. it. I mean, I don't I didn't look it up. What's his name again? Art Hindle. Art. H I N D L E. Doing some live research for you, ladies and gentlemen. That's what you want when you come to a horror podcast. Okay, yeah. He's a, an actor and a director now. All right. What's he done? Let's check out this IMDB page. Official. Let's see. Oh, he has been working. Let's see. He was. He's got a lot of credits here throughout the years, but I'm not yeah. sure if they're for directing rather than acting. Hmm. Oh, by the way, BC Ness has told us he can hear us can? on the Twitch. Yes, he can. Good. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Again, that's something you'll get if you follow us on Twitch. It's Ostrich Eyes eighty seven is our account we will be switching that name to be well adjusted i'm sure okay well he has a metric shit ton of imdb credits this man has worked okay, good good but we're I, talking but, about art hindle but i think it's mostly as a director okay which is cool that's awesome yeah he's really good in this film actually well he's fine uh, i'll just say he's fine well but in this in this his job was like of all the the parts in this his is the one that's supposed to be the least dramatic, which sounds yeah. kind of strange because he's the, what, what is that line? He says, she married me for my sanity, hoping it would rub off. Right. So he's a very straight laced by the rules. Right. You know, you know actually what this movie's about. I'm glad you brought oh, this up. Oh man. We haven't even this. gotten into I'm, it. I want to talk about this. I want to talk about this poor suffering man, because you know what this movie oh, is really God. about, Levi? Yeah. Go ahead, Jonathan. <clears throat> go ahead. This movie is about mm-hmm. how psychiatry and feminism try to destroy a family wow. an american family well I know, that's I know, what cronenberg thought i know it's in canada that is what cronenberg thought at the time i mean you have this guy what's what's he, he's trying to protect his daughter from what he believes is actual abuse. physical physical abuse mm-hmm. when she goes to visit her mom yeah. at the nut house she's getting treatment in yeah and, and what does he encounter when he tries to get help for this problem 
No help at all. No help. No help at all. What do lawyers. they say? Lawyers. Yeah. What's the line that the lawyer says is like the, the, the court believes in mothers or something yeah, like that? Yeah, you can't separate a child from its mother without legal action. But by the way, Levi and I are starting a men's rights No, podcast. we're fucking not. Stop. <laughs> Stop. I think some of our listeners might actually think that when you say shit like that. So I don't want you to say it. But they're listening. Well, they are listening. And thank you very much for listening. Jonathan and I have opposing views on certain things, but sometimes he jokes and people take it seriously. I'm mostly joking. I've seen the emails. People take it seriously. Really? Oh, yeah. We've gotten some shit emails. That's hilarious. Oh, yeah. I'll, oh, yeah. I'll read them to you after the show. Maybe okay. maybe if you pay for our Patreon, you'll get to uh, see what they say. Too. We'll post them up uh, there. Yeah. So it's also introducing Cindy Hines as Candace or Candy. The little girl. Yes, the little on girl. On first glance, I thought... And I've seen this many times, but mm -hmm. not recently, probably not in like a decade. Mm -hmm. uh, and when I rewatched it, I thought for a second that was the same little girl from Poltergeist. I knew you were going to say that. She does look very similar. It's the same haircut. Haircut, the hair color, haircut. eye color, sort yeah. of face shape. Yeah. She's actually really creepy in this film. And you don't get that from a lot of child actors. She's, you know, she could, and it's like she's constantly dissociated. I right. mean, she's not yeah. really there. Yeah. I mean, and, and I know that she's probably just being a child. But if, but that worked, you oh, know no, what I mean? It like, fits the uh, movie perfect. It fits. The opening scene shows Dr. Raglan, Oliver Reed. It shows his unconventional methods in front of an audience. And Frank is in the crowd and he kind of rolls his eyes. You know, there's just no... Dr. Raglan's role-playing. There's no comfortable way to see one grown man call another grown man daddy. Daddy's here, Jonathan. <laughs> is there anything ever. you'd like to tell <laughs> daddy? He's not just like him. Jesus. That was so, so uncomfortable. Good. So good. Daddy's here. <laughs> so, so uncomfortable. Good. Frank's daughter, Candace, is at the institution in a private guest suite. And the institute is called the Soma Free Institute of Psychoplasmics. Soma Free. Soma is the drug used in Brave New World to yes, put is. people to sleep. No, it doesn't put them to sleep. Or it just uh, makes you happy. Makes you happy, yeah. Complacent. Content. Complacent. Puts you to sleep. Soma means... Greek or it means body in Greek, so that has a lot to do with the film we're discussing today. A lot of body horror. That's, Although it's saved, Cronenberg. It's saved. It is the end, mostly. Mostly that guy's neck is fucked up. We'll get to yes. that scene. Yeah, let's see. His wife Nola is a patient at the institution where Doctor Raglan isolates her. She's been there for some time too. It seems, and it's like you know, there he goes to. The, the sort of conflict starts when he goes down there to, con he wants to confront his wife because his daughter's come home with all these weird marks on her. Yeah. And he believes that his wife, who's staying at the psychiatric institute, right. but, but who visits with the daughter on the weekends, mm -hmm. he's not allowed to. No. But the daughter comes to visit. He, he thinks his wife is abusing the kid, so he goes to confront the psychiatrist. He tries to cut her, cut him, cut her off. Yeah. 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 And Raglan thinks it's a bad idea. And, and, and this is like, and this is just a cultural thing, mm -hmm. but- that's so Canadian mm -hmm. that the guy, you know, I, I believe my daughter's being abused here. And the psychiatrist basically says, well, if you try to fight me on this, I'll use the courts and I'll win. Yeah. And, you know, to hell with you and your concern for your daughter. That's the subtext. Yeah, it is. And he doesn't hit him in the face. By the way, that's his office and he has a shower in it. God bless. I know he comes out. Yeah, yeah. Like, he's in that robe. I know, I know. And he couldn't give a shit that, that, other, <laughs> that the it. person he's talking to is so... Like Love upset, it. he doesn't care at all. The lawyer says Frank can't cut the child off from its mother without legal action. We already mentioned there's a personal tie here. So Cronenberg at the time this he was making this film or wrote this film or shortly after this. 
Cronenberg thought his wife was being influenced by a cult and filed for divorce and attempted to take his daughter. So that's this movie seems so another great man. <laughs> yeah, set, sure, set yeah. upon in the midst of his career. Sure, yeah, by betrayal and feminism. Well, I don't know if it had anything to do with feminism because it was a, it was a cult. It was never stated that it was a feminist cult. It could have been a sex cult. You know, yeah, yeah we don't know. Is there has look has there ever been a cult that wasn't actually a sex cult? I mean, I mean re- underneath it, isn't, just, that, just, isn't that the method? Just ask the It's always sense. a male guru who's yeah. basically setting up some sort of weird harem. Yeah. Using whatever I mean, bullshit he's Charles invented. Charles Manson 101. Well, sure, yeah. yeah. So the film kind of feels angry and <clears throat> almost childish at some points, but you knowing it, that. Do you think it feels angry? I kind of do. I think because of how the ending goes, and we'll talk about that. Yeah. We'll, yeah. So it feels, just a note, it feels... Mm-hmm feels more frustrated to me yeah like it's not it's not ex- well because the him the father character who is obviously yeah, him is reading or reaching nothing but roadblocks when no, he and, thinks he's just trying to protect and he has child. a perfectly legitimate goal right which, see i honestly believes his daughter's being physically she has marks right. on her right we'll talk about those damn marks by the way Mm-hmm. This teacher, Miss Mayer, she was cute, seems to be concerned as well as her grandmother, Frank's mother-in-law. She had those wispy girl sideburns. What do we, you call that? I don't know. I don't know. It They're was adorable. 1978, adorable. 1979. Nola, okay, okay. So there's a session right after we Frank meets his mother-in-law and drops off candy. This is where we meet Nola for the first time. She's in a session with Dr. Raglan, and they're doing the role-playing thing again. Is he the, he's the mom at Mummy. first. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because having, having other men call him daddy wasn't weird enough. Now he has yeah. to have ladies call him mommy. M- mama but, or but mommy. But this is or, where ugh. Nola admits that her mom beat her. And then Nola's mom, Candy's grandmother, tells Candy that Nola was always in the hospital with bumps on her body. So we, we're starting to pick up that we think that, at this point, we think Nola is beating or hurting candy. Yeah. And we think it might be a side effect of her mother doing the same to her. I didn't believe her when she what said her mother had beat her. Well, I didn't, they had the flashback. I didn't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, but they didn't show her beating. No. They just showed her staring at yeah. her mother, which was fucking creepy. But I didn't believe her. She just seemed unhinged. Yeah. You know what she seemed? Hmm. Hysterical. Oh, God. <laughs> Fuck, Jonathan. Our lovely lady <laughs> listeners, if you don't know by now, you should just ignore Jonathan. <laughs> just ignore Jonathan. I'm sorry. It's okay. He's not 100% serious. He might be like 79% serious. I think it's probably like 42. Okay, there. That's better. The pace starts to pick up with the amount of strangeness that's happening in the film. It really does. Yeah. Grandma's killed in her kitchen by what seems to be a child. Yes. And, and actually, can we talk about Grandma? Because Grandma is yeah. awesome. That's another reason I didn't believe... Yeah, she was abused because he, dad drops off his daughter at grandma's house, and grandma's already just drinking straight whiskey. Yeah, yeah, she is. I think there's one or two ice cubes in there, but, <laughs> but that's it. And then she tells the little girl, "Oh, grandma's gonna go get a refill, and then we'll look at this old photo album yeah, together." Yeah. <laughs> well, she gets murdered in the in the in the kitchen by this childlike thing that's wearing like with children's a meat- windbreaker. Tenderizer. With a meat tenderizer, yeah. It's dope. 
Those little fists. Oh, yeah, it's crazy. And you can't tell what it is at this point. It just looks like a kid, and yeah. it's dressed in kids' clothes. And you just, no, because you only see the hands, and they're, like, wrinkled and yeah, old. Yeah, weird. Yeah. The hands are gross as hell. And at first, I thought it was, like, a technical makeup miscue or fuck up. Well, no, but, it's on but purpose. It's, in, yeah. it's on purpose. They're all that yeah. yeah. Candy is now with the police psychologist who warns Frank that Candy didn't seem bothered by the whole thing. Disassociated, as we said earlier. Well, they found her asleep. Mm-hmm. Let's see. The kid is pretty stoic. This is my note. The kid's pretty stoic and creepy, unlike the Babadook. I don't know if you've seen the Babadook, but that kid is so fucking annoying. I can't watch that movie again. Annoying because... It's on... It's on... Joe Bob just did it on Friday. And I couldn't, I couldn't finish it. I can't watch it. That kid is so annoying in that movie. He screams the entire time. Oh, yeah. I hate it when they show feelings. No, 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 that, no, 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 you, no, no. Listen, Levi, they that's can't. why you have to hit no, no, them. No, no, no. You have to hit them so that they learn, like the rest of us, to repress what they're feeling. No, Jonathan. And to be useful little automatons in society. No. Until they snap, no. obviously. I, I hate it when kid actors show feelings that they think they're supposed to be feeling is this a, is this a theater kid thing is this a i just i I'm, I'm nitpicky about acting i guess fuck me nola thinks that frank is impatient with her well of course he is he's not even really allowed to see her and she's hitting his child of course he's impatient yeah she's her. cut off all communication from so him and by the way while he's he's running his own business mm-hmm. obviously in construction yeah he's taking care of the kid all by himself mm-hmm. did school pick up school drop off yeah he is Making all that good stuff probably you know yeah Frank, so Hard-working man. At this point, Frank visits a former patient, Dr. Ragland. Will you, will you do me a favor and get on IMDb again and type up Robert Silverman? He's the guy who plays this character. So, and he's, that guy's fantastic. Yeah, that actor's awesome. He's in a couple of Cronenberg films, but basically he introduces, mentions the lymphatic system and why he's got to constantly keep moving. Because the lymphatic system doesn't Something have a heart. Tony Robbins talks about too. You know, really? the motivational speaker. Yeah, that you mentioned. Yeah, I remember that. Uh, so, w- what's this guy been in? Robert Silverman. Hang on, hang on. Robert Silverman. Uh, he does not. IMDb is not the first thing that pops up. Oh, there he is. What? Do you not have the IMDb app? No. Okay, boomer. Jesus Christ. Apps confuse me. Oh my god. There he is, Robert A. A. Silverman. Yep, yep, yep. Of Quebec. Oh, he's Canadian. Okay. So here we go. All right. So, oh, he was in Jason X? Hell yeah. Existence? Yeah, that's another Cronenberg film I'd like to cover. Waterworld, Naked Lunch, the William Burroughs. Oh, nice. Friday the 13th, the series, Scanners. Yeah, he's in Prom Scanners Night. too. Of course. He's in Brood. Prom Night and The Brood. Okay, yeah. So he's been in- Not as much as you might think, because he was really good in this. No, but he's, yeah, he's been around the genre. He's a Cronenberg staple. That's why I think I recognized him. Anyway, he mentioned the lymphatic system. Dr. Raglan, incur- he tells uh, Frank that Dr. Raglan encourages your body to attack itself. This is what psychoplasmics is. And this can cause cancer and groves on the body. And then he shows what's under his towel around his neck. And it's like tendrils. It, it almost looks like a, a fucking Rick and Morty character. Dagon. Yeah, it's it's disgusting, and it's attached to like his chin and goes all the way to like the bottom of his throat. It's so gross. Cronenberg uses the human body to disgust in a lot of his films: Videodrome, Scanners, The Fly, 
Oh, we didn't mention The Fly. We haven't even mentioned The Fly yet. That movie's awesome. Yeah, we gotta do The Fly. Yeah, I agree. So yeah, he, he does the same in this film. Nola's father, father wants to see her, but Raglan won't let him. Again, he's isolating her. So he, what does he do? He goes off and gets drunk in the house his wife was just killed. <laughs> I just don't think that was that unreasonable. Yeah, no, no. You know, he was like, yeah. my ex-wife died. Mm-hmm. I can't get to my daughter. Yeah. Yeah, you know, he's, he's got a lot of feelings that he needs to deal with. Yeah. And what's he going to do? Take all those feelings and go see his little granddaughter who's already been like half Trump? No, he just does what a man does. He calls his son-in-law to come no, get his gun. No, first he does what a man does and he gets nice and drunk by himself he in does, the dark. And then calls and then calls his son-in-law. And then he reaches out. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, we're going to go kill this son of a bitch. But I love how open he is. He's like, I'm just so fucking so depressed. <laughs> yeah. It's so I'm good. here. So good. I shouldn't have done any of this. And by the way, come get me because we're gonna go mess that guy up. Oh man, he's mur- so he's murdered by the one of the childlike things. The the father is, and it comes out from like under the bed. The newspaper and headline calls them dwarves. Well, that's incorrect. That's politically incorrect. They're little people. No, not dwarves. Dwarf is still. You can still say dwarf. I don't think so. You can still say dwarf because dwarf, unlike I think little people, refers to a separate condition. Okay, I hope I hope so. Whereas dwarfism yeah, is, a, is a separate is a separate thing. Yeah, we both might be in it. Goddamn, we're trying. So, are we allowed to be annoyed at how quickly words we grew up with are no longer no okay no. to say? Okay, boomer. Just just okay, boomer. I understand that some of them need to go. Could we just? Could I get you know like a list? Okay, boomer. All right. <laughs> hey, listen. But Accept- I believe dwarf is fine. Acceptance is love. Exclusion is hate. You pick one. All right. Inclusion versus exclusion. Sorry, I said acceptance. Okay. Well, I, lo- I, just, I love you too. I don't want to exclude everybody. I know. It's just some people. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So he's murdered by this. This is a really cool scene. I just want to get to this scene too. Frank discovers the body and the murder, and the thing just dies, basically. He like shoves it up against the cabinet with his back, and the thing just dies. But, and that leaves you with a question mark, but you're about to figure out why. There's like this Roswell tape scene where they're doing the autopsy and it's, and it's all in purple. Yeah, and the, and the light in the whole room is purple and that's supposed yeah. to be some sort of medic, like autopsy procedural thing, I which is know. obviously bullshit. Yeah, because yeah. what it did was it let them get away with a much lower fidelity yeah, yeah. model. Yeah, and it, it well, that's why I think it reminded me of the Roswell tape. Well, yeah, the, the, yeah. the shitty quality of the... And the, the mortician autopsy guy says that the creature died of starvation living in the house. By the way, can, mm-hmm. I gotta stop you right there. Mm-hmm. There's no way, <laughs> there's no way the average mortician mm-hmm. could deduce the function of organs that he's never right, right. seen before in his right, life right. in an organism that shouldn't exist. Right. This should be an FBI specialist. Mm, yeah, yeah, and all ex- these exactly. people should be exactly. should be white. <laughs> Murder or, or brain white. Maybe the CIA yeah. has a department where right. they could do an autopsy like that and come to those conclusions. Right. But your average Canadian... What if crime? this was a '90s action movie? This would have been the CIA coming in with glasses and suits. Yeah, yeah. But uh, he tell he tells and Frank's allowed in there, of course. He tells Frank that it has no sex organs, has no tongue or navel, which insinuates that it was never born the way humans are born. It's getting weird. Nobody's particularly alarmed by. It. They're just all what a strange thing strange, we've encountered. Right. Not like this is breaking. Everything we understood about reality. Right. And <laughs> it's it's funny because the, the film just sort of continues like on normally after that point. But of course, there is a effect to, the, to this autopsy. Once the autopsy report makes it to the papers, 
Raglan dismisses all of his other patients except for, sorry, for Nora. Sorry. Yeah, he sends them all Nola, home. Nola, sorry. Yeah. Yeah, he sends them all home. This pisses some of them off because they are dependent upon, dependent his, upon weird... his weird role-playing games. But basically, he has discovered that this is way out of control now, and he needs to just basically send everyone home and, and try to figure out what to do with Nola. One of the many things I appreciate, appreciate about this movie is how it confirms my long-held suspicion that therapy is actually useless. <laughs> if, if, it, it's, it's either damaging or it's completely useless. Is that what is that what Cronenberg's saying in this? Yes. You think so? Yes. You think his wife them, was yes. in therapy? Hmm? You think his wife was in therapy? When she was being You'd be so proud of me. I was about to say something and my I'm, filter caught it. I'm so proud. I'm so proud of Levi, you. Levi, look, look, like in its fist. I know. That's like great. in its in its that's fist. Great. He's clenching his fist really hard. Yeah. I'm certain that his wife was in therapy. Apparently, Nola can prove that psychoplasmics works. Quote, she is the queen bee, and that's going to come back later. There are alien-like mutant children at Candy's school now. There's three of them, and they murder Candy's no, teacher. Teacher, I thought there... Oh, there is. It's just, just two, two, right? Yeah, yeah. Because they're, that, that great scene where they're walking... Yeah, yeah we, oh, we got to talk about this. The three because of them, yeah. I, I guess you could, you could fairly call, like, the first... 45 minutes creepy and it's building all this tension. Yeah. And this is something modern audiences probably have no patience for. Right. But then when the violence starts mm -hmm. and, and that scene in particular in that school, mm -hmm. because it's just, it's a group of kids, right? Right. And then you've got two extra ones yeah. who look like kids. But still have their jackets on. <laughs> they don't take their jackets off. That's how off. they let the audience know it's I them know. because all the other kids I take know. their jackets off. I know, but it's so creepy because you know and you don't know. Mm -hmm. It's really neat. Because you, you look at it and you're like, oh my God, two monsters. And then you're like, and of course, the teacher has no idea. It just, mm -hmm. It's just to see a little just kids. Two kids, yep. And she's like a kindergarten teacher at this, or first grade. It's probably kindergarten. Something about that moment feels like uniquely Cronenberg to me. Yeah, because it it's awesome. so. And then what, it what, fills you with so much dread, but there's really nothing happening yet. And they mangle this lady with what? Little wooden mallets. Little wooden mallets. <laughs> you remember in Saint Maud? I was like, she's a stabber. Yeah, she's yeah. a stabber, These and I was kids. right. Yeah, and the, but it's like, but they're basically stabbers. Yeah, yeah. They're just with little wooden mallets. <clears throat> yeah. Is that and, realistic though? Do you really think you could you could kill a girl? Your dog is barking. That's okay. Ms. Meyer. Yeah, Nora. And the reason these things, these mutants attack Nora or uh, attack Miss Meyer is because Nola is jealous because Nola called Frank's house one night and Miss Meyer was over there. Yeah. You know why she was over there? Because somebody has to watch her kid while he's taking while care of shit. While he is trying to keep their entire lives it's, from falling it's true, apart. It's true. Men's rights. <laughs> Damn it, Jonathan. <laughs> These mutant children kidnap Candy and take her to the institution. There, Frank confronts Dr. Raglan about the mutants. And this is where we, we kind of figure out what they are. Raglan explains that they are motivated by Nora's anger and that they are her children. And, and this is kind of where you start to, to learn what this film might be more about. It's more like mental health effect, affecting physical health, inside evil versus outside evil, which we discussed on our Silver Bullet episode. Go ahead and check our back catalog. And Stephen King, of course, talks about inside evil versus outside evil. And that I think this film has similar tones to that. Cronenberg makes the subtext literal. Like, what if Nor Nola's anger becomes literal monsters? Like, that's exactly what happens. So the, the climax, this is the climax, and I fucking love it. I think it's so good. It's so suspenseful. 
Frank has to persuade Nola he wants her back in order to calm her down so that Dr. Raglan can rescue Candy from the brood. Yeah, so his job is to pretend that he wants to get back together Mm -hmm. and keep her level, emotionally level, so that the little demons that she spawned Mm -hmm. are emotional. There's like a dozen of them. Yeah, there's like a dozen little... Like, they have... Like church camp attic (laughs) with all these bunks that they live in. And as long as she's calm, then the doctor says, I can walk in the attic where your daughter is and where all the monsters are. They won't touch me. Yeah. And I'll just walk out with her. Yeah. Just just keep her calm. And of course, this is something that the father screws up immediately. Of course, yeah. And and you know it's going to happen as the audience. But the suspense is awesome. In his defense, have you ever tried to keep a woman calm? All right. So it, it, (laughs) it... I have found that, like, like even with men, food works the best at calming this is women down because they're human, just like us. I thought we were talking um, about men. No, with men, no, the snack goes yeah, a yeah. long way. Well, it Little does. It goes a long way with with a woman as well. I can promise you that. And that's because we all love food. Not bring a snack. The climax is suspenseful as hell because, the, like, the cutting back and forth between the escalating conversation between Frank and Nola and Raglan looking for candy, like, and. <laughs> Who's amongst the entire brute? It, it's like I can't remember the horror movie that it sort of reminds me of, where it's like if you don't look at them or you don't move suddenly, they they can't see you. It's not not Jurassic Park, but it's he's amongst the like twelve of them, and he's creeping along, trying not to just like, real slow and yeah, even. Just. And this conversation is getting worse and worse and worse. And can we talk about the sounds in this movie for a second? Well, of course we're gonna have some. But yeah, wet sounds in the, this movie. The sounds, body. The, the sounds that the brood makes, body that each horror. of them makes oh, yeah. when they start to wake up and like realize yeah. what's going on. It's gross. That little hissing noise. <laughs> Nola is sent. So here's where we find out what's going on with Nola. This is this is fucking nuts. Hold on one second. So Nola essentially has an exposed embryonic sac outside of her body, and it's like attached to her side. Sounds kind of sexy when you say it. Jesus Christ. She cuts it open with her teeth and then licks the baby clean to see Frank's reaction. She does not cut it open. She gnaws it open. She gnaws it open. Yeah. She gnaws it open. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) And then she comes up and her, and and not like in a quick little, because the way you said it implied like a quick little snip of the teeth. Yeah. No, 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 no. She she chews on that thing for a second. She does. It's gross. Then she licks the baby clean. And this is all to kind of see Frank's reaction. This, of, I have so much PTSD from being from seeing five babies born. Yeah. And this, I was triggered. Yeah. Ah, I was triggered when she grabbed She wants thing. to see if Frank has accepted her new life. Mm. If he's lying or if he really has accepted her. <laughs> have you accepted And me? of course, Frank is disgusted, which upsets the fuck out of Nola. So you know what that means. The brood attacks Raglan because she's upset. And finally, but not before he gets a few shots off, (laughs) which look saves candy for a second. Raglan has been insufferable since the first frame of this movie. He he's the antagonist through most of the movie. He's a he's a pretentious dick, and he's just horrible. Oliver Reed plays it horrible person so well. But and so now he has his redemption moment because he out he wants because he realizes how south things have gone. He he really wants to try and save this girl. Right. Yeah. And so that that's what he's doing up there. Yeah, it's it's nice. He he had an oh shit moment. <laughs> like, oh, oh fuck, I'm way in over my head here. This actually works. So the brood attacks Raglan, but not before he gets a few shots off. Candy escapes. And at this point, Frank and Nola are still arguing, and this is fucked up. Nola admits she'd kill Candy, her daughter, before fr- letting Frank take her away. 
Yeah. Yeah, which is, of course, the moment where the brood turns on the little girl. that's when the brood goes after Candy. Frank kills Nola to make them stop. And she's like saying, kill me, kill me. So does she want death? Or is it just her being like, yeah, get angry, because I'm angry. My filter just caught something else. Good, thank you. Just, Thank you. I've okay. never been in a situation. And no, all I wanted to say was that I personally have never been in a situation where a woman asked me to choke her. Right. Well, she's she. But I understand that happens. Literally. Well, she literally wants him to kill her, though. Like she's saying, "Kill me, not choke me." You know. I well, think but that's if different. It, if it's consensual, it's fine, though, right? Sure. Of course. Yes. That I know what you're talking about. But the, his intent is obvious. No jokes. No jokes. His intent is obvious to kill her. Is obvious but but to kill he her. has to in order to save his daughter. Right. Because her her rage right. because of, what's it called again? Psycho? Psychoplasmics. Psychoplasmics, excuse me. Because of psychoplasmics, yeah. her rage is, is fueling the brood. Yeah. And I think- It's like in The Prince of Darkness. So why does she want it? I don't know. It's just confusing. When they, you know, when they push the, the right. demon back, mm-hmm. all the little soldiers mm-hmm. collapse. Collapse. All the zombies. Yeah. That happens in a lot of other horror. Sure, aspects. sure. Frank takes Candy home, and then we get a close-up of Candy, and she has bumps on her arm. The end. It continues. So... The slow burn fuels the wild ending. You kind of have to have a little suspension of disbelief, like a lot of Cronenberg films. Yeah. And I think that's awesome. It's very effective. And this is like commentary, I guess, on talk therapy as well. Which, as we know, is is useless. And is a, <laughs> is, is a liberal conspiracy to feminize men. <laughs> You're liberal, Jonathan. No. <laughs> but we can't have two of us on the same podcast. It's not interesting. There's no tension. No, okay. Well, we don't need tension. We need to be Levi and friends. Everybody, everybody needs a little right. tension. Um, it's sexy. He gives you the reveal, and then he escalates it. You know? Yes. <laughs> which I think is... He does that in in like Videodrome too, so I think as like a horror fan, you don't when expect she it. Pulls to go, up that nightgown, right? Look. Right, you're like, holy shit! But then she does what she does with her teeth and licking it, and then it, it, you're like, Jesus. <laughs> yeah, um, say mm-hmm. this whole trend of like asking men to witness the birth. Mm-hmm. Oh, I won't be able to do it. Terrible. We, terrible. I think we talked about this on on it's our first episode ever. I'm sure we did. I'm gonna mm-hmm. I'm gonna bring it up until I die. Yeah. Men belong in the waiting room. Right. With cigars and liquor. No. There's mm. absolutely nothing for mm. you to do in mm. that delivery room except wait for something to go terribly wrong. Because you can't, if you hold her hand, she's going to try to kill you. Yeah, you are useless. Yeah, you are useless. And another, like, well, you, you need to be there to comfort your your wife. That's you need not going to You need to be there to comfort the mother. There's no comfort to be had during yeah. that process. Yeah. You know what there are? Mm. There's drugs. Yeah. I get that. There's drugs. There's drugs, Levi. Yeah, that's uh, why we that's made the only drugs. thing that yeah, that's what works, I guess, for for the pain. The the I can't imagine. Again, I've said this on the podcast. I can't imagine giving birth. Holy shit, that has to be painful, even with modern medicine. Um, I mean, from the screaming, this yes, didn't I look assume. very painful though, did it? No, but you know, but, but by this very point, easy. But by this point, she was like one of the Duggars. I mean, she'd had thirty of these things. <laughs> right, right. She had a whole. There's a litter in right, the attic. Right. <laughs> so at that, I just probably uh. by then the nerves aren't 
Yeah. I'm just, they're not jumping like they used to, is all I'm saying. I've seen this film compared to Antichrist. Would you would you agree that it's, it has a misogynistic tone? The the thought is that the evil in this film comes from goes from one woman to the next woman to the other woman, while the men are the heroes and are similarly sane. While but no, because the doctor has all those male patients who are having growths too. Yeah, but none of them have a brood. Well, no, you know, none of them have the brood. That's true. Mm-hmm. But she was unique amongst all the patients, men and women. Yeah. So what about her daughter? What's going to happen to her? Well, she's going to continue in the same cursed legacy, obviously. You think the father has power enough to change that? Mm. Is that the hope we're supposed to have at the end of the film? I, I think that's the only hope that's available to you. Right. I think it is. Don't too. you? Yeah. I don't think there's any hope at the end of the film, which I love, you know. Uh, <laughs> like those. Yeah. <laughs> we must like, suffer. I want to discuss Oliver Levi, Reed. by the way, a lot of people, you guys, look, when Levi has trouble sleeping, and don't judge him for this, because you do your own weird thing when you have trouble sleeping, and you know you do. Yeah. But when Levi has trouble sleeping, what he does is he watches the end of The Mist yeah. just on a loop. On a, and The Fog. I like the end of The Fog a lot, too. <laughs> just, just on a loop. Well, we've already discussed St. Maud's ending and how perfect it is. I want to go ahead, and for our lucky viewers on Twitch, we'll go ahead and show them. We have our podcast Bible pulled out. It is Dance Macabre. Dance Macabre. By Stephen King. He's got did a, he have to use a French word in that title? Of course he did. Steve. He's 36 when he wrote it. So, yeah, he thought he was... I'm not going to criticize Stephen King. He when he do whatever wrote. he wants. Um, whatever he wants. Well, didn't he... Was he in a thing on Twitter recently? Holler, people were hollering oh, he's at him. been hollering at a lot yeah, of people. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, you know... You know... Y'all leave Stephen old King grandpa, alone. He's earned the right to say anything Steve. he wants to say. Yeah, old Uncle Steve over there. He's got a few words about this film. Very few, but he does say something. I'm pulling this straight from our podcast Bible, Dance McCom. A little bit, of con- little bit of context here. He is saying how when, you, when you're a child, certain simple things scare you. And when you become an adult, when you're viewing that with your child, they can still similarly give you the, the same feel. He mentions like Fantasia, Fantasia and the Dancing Brooms. He mentions like the witch and Snow White. But I'll, I'll just go ahead and read this. Let's see. Yet it is the parents, of course, who continue to underwrite the Disney procedure of release and re-release, often discovering goosebumps in their own arms as they discover what terrified them as children. Because what the good horror film or horror sequence in what may be billed a comedy or an animated cartoon does above all else is to knock the adult props out from under us and tumble us back down the slide into childhood. And there our own shadow may once again become that of the mean dog, a gaping mouth, or a beckoning dark figure. Perhaps the supreme realization of this return to childhood comes in David Cronenberg's marvelous horror film, The Brood, where a disturbed woman is literally producing children of rage who go out and murder the members of her family one by one. About halfway through, through the film, her father sits dispiritedly on the bed in an upstairs room drinking and mourning his wife, who has just been the first to feel the wrath of the brood we cut to the bed itself the clawed hands suddenly reach from out beneath it and dig into the carpeting near the <laughs> father's That's shoes a great sound effect yeah too. and so cronenberg pushes us down the slide we are four again and all of our worst surmise thoughts about what might be lurking under the bed have turned out to be true that's eh. It's Papa King. He's just talking about moments in horror that take us back to a simple fear we had as children. Something under the bed. Sure. Yeah, yeah. 
And so I, I like that. I like, I try to look up any movie we cover. I try to look up if, if it is in fact in Dance Macabre. Of course, some of our avid listeners know this already. And I'll quote what he says about the film from the book. But I want to take some time right now to, to discuss the legend Oliver Reed. British actor. Legend. Absolutely re- legend. You're going to love this man. He plays our evil psychiatrist. He plays Dr. Raglan. You have to entertain Twitch here for a second oh, while yeah. I get us refills. Oh, you're getting refills? Yep. Oh, man. Are we going to have to edit this? Let's edit this. Oh, I'm not going to edit anything. It takes too long. I'm not editing anything. Everybody's going to get behind the scenes. I'm not going to edit. We're going to look so amateur. Oh, yeah, that's a good idea. But for the most part, Cronenberg does deal with body horror. And I guess the but I guess the body horror in, let's say, like Scanners is everyone remembers the head exploding scene. It's, it's really effective. Everyone remembers the white eyeballs. The poster for that is awesome. The poster for The Brood is awesome. If you haven't looked it up, go ahead and pull it up. Look up the poster for The Brood. It's amazing. Cronenberg uh, seems to always have good posters for his films. The Fly is, is another good one. You got the mist coming out of his like chamber that turns him into a fly, which is, which is just fucking sick. And it's got and that green lettering. chamber. Whatever. Teleport. Yeah, that's what it is. Teleportation chamber. Here we go. Opening up another La Croix. Because we're Canadian today. So, yeah, let's talk about Oliver Reed, though. I understand he was a drinking man. He was a drinking man. Let's, let's, let's discuss the legend that is him. He was born on February 13th, 1939. Poor, poor Aquarian. He was doomed from the start. Uh, in southwest London, his father was a sports journalist, and his uncle was Carol Reed, the famous British director. And yes, he drank himself to death while filming Gladiator. Most of you will know him as Proximus in Gladiator. He's the guy that buys Russell Crowe's character and essentially befriends him and trains him to to be a gladiator. He died during the filming? He died during the filming. They had to, to make editing choices in order to get around that. And here's how he died. He died of a heart attack or and or alcohol poisoning at the same time. Here's what he here's what he drank the night he died. He had three bottles of Captain Morgan rum by himself. Three bottles. He drank, <laughs> he drank eight bottles of German beer. He had multiple double shots of grouse whiskey. And he beat five Navy sailors in arm wrestling. The bar tab was $270. Before he was... Look, next, you, should yeah. not, you should not drink yourself. You should not drink that much. You should not drink yourself to death. Certainly. No. no. But legend... <laughs> That's what I said. I mean, I'm telling you, that's it's not like even an episode that's of Always nothing. Sunny in Philadelphia. That's nothing. Just wait, just wait, guys. Before he was an actor, he was a bouncer, a amateur boxer, a cab driver, and a mortician. Again, legend. He worked as an extra early on in his career. One of his first scenes, he had to do full frontal nudity, and the movie was called Women in Love. It had an X rating. At this point in his career, he got into a bar fight because he liked to start. He liked starting fights, and he had multiple people come after him, and he was scarred pretty badly from it. And he thought his career was over. Never understood the whole of the 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 you know drinkers who wanted to throw hands. I don't, I don't guys, get that guys, either. Guys who get violent when they drink. I don't. I just want to eat, smoke weed, and go to bed when I drink. And I don't drink that. I don't like to drink that much. But listening to this guy, not made, not listening, that much. I mean, listening to stories about this guy made me want to drink a little bit. 
Because you got, okay, continue. Give, give us some good stories, because that it, was terrible. He got, he got his first starting role. Killed himself. From a Hammer film. 1961's The Curse of the Werewolf. Pretty decent, actually. It's low budget, but it's pretty decent. He plays Bill Sykes in the film version of Oliver, and uh, his uncle got him that role. Because remember, his uncle is a is a famous British director. He was supposed to replace Sean Connery in Bond, but he turned it fucking down. Which I thought was great. He was supposed to be the Bond after Connery? He was supposed to be Bond after Connery, but he turned it down. And he ended up doing Three Musketeers, where he played Athos. And apparently those Three Musketeer movies are fun and are really good. But I guess they're around the same time that the Bond movies were coming out. Yeah, nobody was going to watch the Three Musketeers if you go see Bond. He became friends with Michael Winner, and they made the film Hellboat. Haven't seen it. He's extremely shy, and that's why he used alcohol, was to as a social lubricant. And he had a bad reputation as an obnoxious drunk. And perhaps he's more famous for drinking than he is acting. He hung out with some other famous British actors slash drinkers. Peter O'Toole from Lawrence of Arabia and Richard Harris, the first Dumbledore in the Harry Potter films. One night, they went out drinking. They were told to fucking leave. They said, give us the number of the owner. We, want, we demand to speak to the owner. The bartender gave him the number. They bought the bar that night so they could keep drinking. Legends. He once he once he he was once reported to have drank over a hundred pints of beer in one sitting. Is that does that beat Wade Boggs? Is that the Boggs record? I, I thought I, I don't know. remember. Elizabeth Taylor banned her husband Richard Burton from seeing Reed because he was such a bad influence. He liked starting fights. Like I said, he once required all the guests at his house party to drink a whole bottle of port without vomiting before they even could join the party. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Here, okay, so one night he you went, can't you can't come in without liver damage. One, I'm sorry. One night he uh, we have standards. One night he hung out with a rugby team, and there were 36 of them, and he paid for the whole tab. And here's what the tab was. You ready for this? 60 gallons of beer, 32 bottles of scotch, 17 bottles of gin, four crates of wine, and a good old bottle of champagne. Just one. That's but but listen to everything else. Well, sure. I yeah. just <laughs> I know champagne's your what favorite, happened? Jonathan. Boomer. They probably only had one bottle of champagne. Right, probably. When when his son was twelve, he took him to the pub and was proud, quote, proud when his son drank seven pints. Yeah. Party trick was to pull out his junk and show how tattooed it was. He had a tattooed penis. Okay. I have no idea what was on it or anything like that. But That's disappointing. Yeah, I, I, you know, I come to you for for research. I trust you yeah. to to bring know, knowledge. I'm not going to look. Up you you didn't even get Oliver Reed's. You don't penis. have a picture on your phone of those not tattoos. Doing, not doing it. Uh, a drawing. In 1980, he dated a 16 year old as a 42 year old. But and this is a big. No, actually, this is still gross. This is still fucking gross. The 80s were just different. It was legal in UK at 16. People, you could, you you know, you could have been 60 and dated a 16-year-old in the UK at the time. Hell, that was legal. I don't know if it was legal, but it was done in, like, you know, but, when I was in high school. But he married her when she was 20. And they, and they stayed married until he was dead. So, so see, it's so, fine. Yeah. There are tons of interviews with him on YouTube making an absolute drunken fool of himself. And they're, at first they're funny, then they're fucking depressing. Yeah. Yeah. Like he had a problem, and it's evident from. Was it Orson Welles who's in that famous like? Oh, I don't know. Commercial, mm. you can see you can see the outtakes, but he's, he's, just, but he's so yeah. horribly drunk. Yeah, 
I mean, the guy the guy admits that he doesn't have a drinking problem and and tries to leave the set and stu- and falls. Like it's it's sad, dude. But the guy is a tremendous actor. Tremendous. No, he is. He's he's just so fantastically unsettling. His eyes, his tone. You know, there's a there's a three minute video of him trying to teach an actor how to be a villain, and it's awesome. You know what it is? It's that he's so unbothered by the suffering he causes. Yeah. Oh, in the in the film, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. the thing about yeah. it, the character. He's in this almost movie. that way in The Devils too. He's just so. You know, he's My just God. so unaffected by it all. You got to watch the devils. They're a grown man calling you daddy. But yeah, that, that's... That that's, isn't your son. That's The Brood, a Cronenberg classic. If you haven't seen it, why are you listening to us? Uh, but also, it's on HBO Max. I highly recommend it. It's a good... I think I love it so much because it was my first Cronenberg horror film to see. I'd already seen History of Violence and Eastern Promises before I watched this. I always forget that he did History of Violence. It's a yeah. great movie. Both of those movies are great. And the, I'd seen The Fly, too, and, and had nightmares as a child of, about The Fly. But I think the, the first time to sit down and, and watch the full Cronenberg horror film was this one, and, and I still love it. Four out of five. It, it's amazing. What's your favorite death? In this movie? Yeah. Oh. Well, it's got to be Raglan. I mean, he's just getting mauled by these things. He's just getting... I mean, they don't show any gore. Yeah. But they're jumping off the top bunks to, to you know, they're 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 suplexing it that you know gets a little world wrestling federation right. on I him. think I think it's great and you know he whips out his gun and oh. gets a couple of shots oh. off before they drag him down. I think it's good. I think that's good. What's your favorite one? Mm, yes. I'm I, the snow globe's good. For reasons I can't explain, I'm partial to the snow globes. Yeah, yeah. The snow globe's good. But I don't know a snow I mean, maybe because I buy cheap snow globes. I don't know a snow globe that could well, yeah, I do. Those hey, ceramic. Man, look, this was in the eighties, and yeah. in the eighties, things were made to last. Yeah, right, they weren't because they were made in America. Oh my fucking! They were made in America. God. This is so close to the eighties. Even in Canada, they were made in America. This film's so close to the eighties, but it's not. It doesn't feel like an eighties horror film, except for maybe the the child creature stuff. You know? No, you're actually. That's an interesting point. It doesn't really feel like an 80s movie. It feels like a like a late 70s horror movie almost. I mean, it, I mean it is. You know, it is 78, 79. So, um, but I don't know. Cronenberg has these strange, There, it's a strange feeling to all of his films almost. Yeah, there's um, there's a strange underlying but tension. Is, yeah, but it that, is very that You can never quite put your finger on. Or at least I feel like I can never quite put my finger on where it's coming from. Right. In the especially in his openings, like mm-hmm. his when he takes his time. Yeah. Um, you know, this might be an allegory for what he was going through personally, but it, it might not either. Uh-huh. I just think, look, I understand why people wanna attach, you know, whatever their pet uh political or philosophical leaning is. Yeah. Uh on the you know, the art that they that they enjoy. I mean that's one of the ways we attach ourselves to it and one that's of the why ways we, we started the podcast. It's one of the ways we find meaning in it and that's all fine. It's just I don't know. I calling watching this movie and coming away from it and just thinking that it's misogynistic or um just about a bad divorce for one thing I think just isn't interesting. Mm-hmm. Good. I mean, uh, yeah. And for another, sure. I just think it's just lazy. Yeah. There's more to it than just that, of course. There's commentary on the, the traditional family. Because clearly it's about what happens 
to the parents of, I mean, to the children of single mothers. <laughs> oh my it's about God. the plague Jonathan. of single motherhood <laughs> in this country. Jonathan. Because, you know, the first daughter, two parents, mm-hmm. fine. The little sack children? Yeah, not good. Single mother. Oh, God. Actually, you could argue that Raglan put those there. So Yeah, you can. You know. You no, uh, clearly it's about the evils of psychiatry. Right. I, I kind of think therapy. so, too. Well, at the time, they didn't... Uh, mental health was ra- rather new field at that time. Oh, it still is. You know, I guess... Yeah, it's, it really fucking is. Um, you want to depress yourself about, like, the... It's also Mental Health Awareness Month, which is why I thought this was a good choice. Just try things. Googling about... Just Google the phrase, like, are SSRIs effective? Mm-hmm. And watch your mind explode where every single result tells you something different. Mm-hmm. Well, that's, uh, that's research for you. That's, that's science for you. That's study. Uh, we've talked about scholarly that, that's journals. That's the result of us all peeing in the pool when it comes to our shared information space. Well, we have a lot of information these days, and everyone has their fingertips on it. I know. Um, speaking of information, I've got some. I, I kind of want to start doing uh, upcoming horror uh, at the end of our episodes. So I saw today that Hellboy the Crooked Man finished filming. I guess this is another David Harbour Hellboy film, which the one he did a couple of years ago that was rated R wasn't very good. And which one did he do? It's just called Hellboy. But it's it's a, it's a David Harbour from Stranger Things instead of Ron Perlman and Guillermo del Toro. Ah, okay. I didn't see that. It's not that great. Um, I thought it was going to be way better. We also have a film called The Bayou, which is going to be alligator horror. Keep making those. We'll 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 go see them. We also have another shark horror movie. You know we like that over here at Well Adjusted. That is called The Devil's Mouth. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, I I kind of the title alone sounds awesome. So. I mean I mean that's a big promise. That title. Right. Right. Big promise. Big promise. That's you know you're stepping up to plate and you're you're pointing out to the the the. The place where the ball's going to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You're you're pulling the Bay Bruce. I just used a sports. You analogy. did. Good job. I'm proud of you. I'm like a um, real man. Speaking of Canada, uh, hockey playoffs are going on right now, and they're awesome. There's a film coming out called Out Came the Wolves, which looks like a trapped in a cabin horror film. Okay, interesting. Like those. Also, uh, a film called The Hole in the Fence, but it's again, it's it's kids starring in a horror movie, and I don't know how I feel about that. Sometimes it works. Like Silver Bullet, sometimes it doesn't. Like the Babadook. Well, he doesn't. He doesn't really star in, in the Babadook. But our Silver Bullet episode, by the way, mm-hmm. uh, feel free to check our back. It's a good one. Uh, gotten decent amount of downloads compared to some of the others. Yeah, it's a good one. I think it's a really good episode. Fantastic movie. I love that movie. Eric from Bloody Good Horror said that werewolf stories might be his least favorite corner of the genre. Really, and that upset me. And he didn't even mention an American werewolf in London, which upset me. Eric, I'm calling you out on, bl- on bloody. Yeah, I mean, I'm calling you out, dude. Well, that's a fair question, though. W- what would you say your least favorite corner of the genre is? Oh, I thought about that. It's probably zombies, or um, and I'm sorry, Eric. Found footage is torture porn. Its own. I, I guess that I would big say enough? that. I guess I would say. Can that. we put that like there? Like saw and all that. I yeah. mean, obviously there is some bleed over because you, yeah. you know you will have found footage that yeah. also strays into torture porn or yeah. not that all of it does. Um, right. I was wondering what my least favorite was. I mean, my favorite's the monster movie, but that covers a lot of creature features. Are my, my favorite. My favorite is the exorcism 
movie. Oh yeah, we you've said that when on it's podcast. done well. Mm-hmm. Although it just never is really. Yeah. Have you caught the Pope's Exorcist yet? No, I, I want to see that. I haven't yeah. watched it yet. I haven't it's, either. It's, you yeah. can get it on streaming now. Yeah, fuck it. Um, but a very close second, and the one that succeeds much more often is the monster movie. So I'm yeah. with you on that. Yeah. What's your least favorite? You, again, least favorite. Probably torture porn? Yeah. I mean, a torture porn, of course. I don't first, like calling it that but anymore. If, but, but, if you, but if you want a broader one, it's probably zombies now, just because yeah. of what The Walking Dead did to it. I fucking hate it. All the interest, like all the fun and all, it's just, ugh. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But, if you then, like, I'm but sorry. The Walking Dead became torture porn, yeah. right? Yeah. Well, no, no, I don't think it did. I, I didn't go far enough. We've discussed this at length on the podcast, too, like- like I only watched the first season, I think, and I think you watched like the first three or something, if I remember correct. Okay, but uh, I watched, but um, other people in my family continued watching it, so yeah, I saw episodes mm-hmm. throughout the seasons. Uh, on July tw- on July twenty fifth, we're going to get exactly what the world needs. We're going to get a three hour cut of Needful Things. Stephen King. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You yeah. told me about that earlier. Yeah. yeah. Is, so th- is that coming to theaters or just streaming? What's happening? I, I think it's a. It's going to be like a 4K digital release. You know, I don't even know. They don't release DVDs, Blu-rays, whatever. Because that movie is solid. I have, and I remember reading that book. I have not seen it. I remember reading that book and thinking this would be a really hard movie to make. So the just movie because solid. of the scope of it, right? Who's in that? Uh, Ed Harris. Ed Harris. Who's the guy on the cover there? Who the fuck was that? I don't remember. Wasn't that? Sorry, um, I saw the poster earlier. Wasn't that Max von Sydow? No, that was that was the guy you just mentioned, Ed Harris. Yeah, yeah, that was Ed Harris on the poster. Sorry, Max von Sydow is in the movie. I think he's the bad guy. That's awesome. I think he plays the the shopkeep slash demon. I just rewatched Hour of the Wolf with Max von Sydow in it. God damn, I love that movie. Um, if you follow us on Patreon, you'd get our letterbox so you can know exactly how we feel about that movie or how I feel about that movie, but you're not on our Patreon. So it's patreon.com slash well adjusted. We also have a Twitter account at well horror. We're active on that every day. We also have an Instagram well underscore adjusted. Um, get on the Twitter though, because Levi, yeah. Levi spends time on the Twitter. Twitter's dead. I, I got on it at the wrong fucking time. Like, we're never going to grow. I don't know why I do it. We have the worst timing. It's terrible. Everything. We're 15 years late on the fucking horror podcast. Of course, we just signed up for Twitter. But we're doing it. <laughs> we're there. Come. We have a, a, Join us. a live Twitch feed now. We're going to figure out how to post those videos on an account. Right now, again, like I said earlier, the name is strange. It's Ostrich Eyes 87 but we're going to change that name. Uh, to well adjust. You were calling me a boomer, so and you're, you're giving out a you're giving out a, a handle like that. Yeah, and well, it's it's from my sports show. I watch no, it. I, no, I, be- I, I, I believe to a you. Sports show I in the morning you. at work, and sorry, I'm outing. I'm a sports <laughs> boy. Um, and we can call you watch it on Twitch, and you can comment while they're while they're doing their their show. Yeah, it's and fun. My name is Ostrich. Okay, Hines. okay, <laughs> but we're going to be changing that to Will Adjust. We still have one whole viewer. I won't have to explain it. We did have three. I know we, we did have three. We lost. Them. We lost them. <laughs> I think we lost we're, them. We were John- that entertaining. We, we lost them at Jonathan's misogynistic remarks and uh, his undying uh, hatred of women for some reason, which I, isn't I, true. I, we we fucking know that. I, if you I, know what, I'm responsible podcast, for know. maintaining six female persons. Right, Jonathan. Jonathan's. 
kidding most of the time. He can get upset. Yeah, we know this. If you, dude, if you know us, if you've listened to this podcast long enough, you, you know, know who we it's are. It's not even. It's just you know what it is. We don't. We don't I've been thinking anyone. about this. I, it's just I've, I've reached the age where you just you, you have this sort of reflexive contrarianism. It's just the whole oh, get off God, my lawn called, thing. It's called being a fucking old man, Jonathan. Is that it? Boomer. Is it that yeah. simple? I think it is, dude. I really I gotta, do. You I gotta find a, I gotta find a way to explain it in more well, you're staying young. endearing and complicated terms. You're than staying that. young. You're, you're streaming on Twitch right now. You're staying young. Yeah. I mean, so, clearly I'm so relevant. Don't worry about what I think. <laughs> Just listen. Do yourself a favor, ladies and gentlemen. Find The Brood. Watch it. Find any Cronenberg film you can. Watch it. Come back to us. Let us know which one you want us to cover, because you can do that on Patreon, too. You can let us know what film you want us to cover. Um, so do that. Yes, and before you go to sleep tonight, just one last thing. Um, uh, look for any meat tenderizers or wooden mallets or snow globes in your home and secure those. And always wear protection. <laughs>